All right. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Rivalry Podcast. Welcome to episode one. My name is Ian, and I'm a Sabres fan. And I'm Cody, and I'm a Leafs fan. And so now you pretty much know why we're called the Rivalry Podcast. So we will be talking Sabres and Leafs. And if you're listening to this right now and you're basically saying, well, I don't pay attention to the Sabres or the Leafs, uh, this episode we're also going to be talking about the Oilers. We're going to be talking about the rest of the league. Uh, and in the future, we're going to be talking about uh, pretty much anybody and everybody. So this we will cover the entire league, um, maybe some AHL, some ECHL, depending on how deep organization is. So um, we'll pretty much see where it takes us. Um, but let's hop right on into it, pretty much, I guess. <laughs> um, do you want to start us off, or we're gonna we're gonna do predictions, additions to the players we like and hate um, for the Sabers and the Leafs before we hop specifically into that? So. All right. Well, first of all, I just want to say that the Leafs will destroy the Sabres every time we see each other this year. Um, that's my bold prediction. So, so just eat that, basically. Um, as far as additions, though, uh, I think the Leafs did a decent job this, this offseason doing what they did. Obviously, they have to keep things cheap, which we'll get into. But signing Janssen Cannon to their extensions is obviously a, a good start to the offseason. Um, where do you think the uh, Sabres did good? Where do I think we did good? Where do I think we did good? Or where do I think there could be good? Because there's because there's there's some iffy ones like like VZ's and like VZ's an iffy one. Okay. He had really good play with Reinhardt the other night. Uh, actually, I think against Toronto, where he was up ice, there was nobody around him, and he took that pass in stride was not offsides and he made the score or he made, yeah, he scored, he made, he made the goal. So, um, VZ could be good if he plays like that, but we also know from his time on the Rangers, uh, that he's a pretty inconsistent player and he's not as dependable as you would maybe like him to be. However, if we do lose out on the trade, we only traded like a, a pretty mid to low draft pick for him. So it's not like we're losing out on anything pretty big. Um, I think Miller was a pretty good addition on defense. He brings a little bit of um, veteran dependency, plus he has some experience in the playoffs. We, of course, signed Skinner to another eight years. Um, so I'll, I'll count that as an addition. Um, Lazar, some people are for him. Some people are against him. Again, just kind of like VZ, um, just depends on how you view him and, and where the Sabres fall because – if you've been paying attention, like Kruger's been playing with those lines a lot. Oh, yeah. Um, and Olafson playing tonight uh, with Eichel. Uh, it's, what was that? That's dirty. Yeah, it was. People, people, somebody t- retweeted it and they were like, this is, this is bottom of the league lines. Like, <laughs> here right now. But I mean, we, we did win. Um, no, that's a good, that's a good line. I think, uh, I think Vessi and, Miller were definitely the best additions for the Sabres. Yeah. Definitely better than uh, Cody Cece and Ben Harper. So, <laughs> um, Rodriguez for a year. I'm not even going to touch it because we could have a whole episode on Rodriguez. I'm, I'm oh, not. Yeah. Um, and uh, Root Salinen, not Ristolainen, but Root Salinen, who we uh, – was predicted to play like third or fourth line center. And then they sent him back over to the Swedish elite league. And now Sabres fans have no idea what's going on. 
and their you know, entire arena's on fire and they're all trapped inside. So that's that's pretty much it for additions. Um, I would agree with you. Beasy, Miller are probably the two best out of Lazar's kind of borderline. Could go either way. That's borderline than Lazar is, but I mean, the impact is a big one if he can produce numbers like he did last year. Yeah, I agree with you. I mean, besides, obviously, I went into Kapanen and Janssen. Those are extensions. That's my my major win for the offseason, I'd say. Obviously, Ben Harper, I'm not a big fan of. Tyson Berry, it's all right. Kerfoot's an okay. Don't like giving up Kadri for it. Um, otherwise, we lost Tyler Ennis, and that's a big loss for me. I feel like he would have been cheap to keep. And losing him is a big, big, big chunk of our third line just gone. He's in Ottawa. Yeah, I, I, yeah. So Ottawa, basically, we just did a giant swap. Ottawa got Ron Hainsey. They got Zaitsev. Obviously, that was a part of the trade. And then they signed um, Ennis. And then we got, obviously, Ben Harper and all of their fun defensive players. I'm really happy about that outcome. Um, I'm not, I don't know. I'm not upset. CC is definitely okay. Harper, we needed to take him on to get rid of Zaitsev's terrible contract and terrible player. But we got Spezza. Thought that was a decent pickup for fourth line depth. At least you think it's a decent pickup. Your coach doesn't. No, he's an idiot. He's an absolute <laughs> idiot. But we'll get into that another time. We'll get that into that another time. The one thing that I was extremely upset at when I saw it, because it was right in the beginning of free agency, was Marinson. We re-signed Marinson. And I was just blown away by that. It made no sense to me. But the dudes look good in the preseason. Yeah. Which is, I, I did see you tweet about him. Were you it, 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 it blows me away, and hopefully it sticks around. Um, and then, of course, biggest pickup for us, David Clarkson. Some for some ungodly reason we got that terrible contract back, but it's all LTIR. Nice little move to get some more cap space for us for the Marner signing. Right, right. So, you are you actually happy about that one, so um, I'm I'm extremely happy about the Marner sign. I think it was a good deal. Uh, I think it was necessary to get a six-year deal done instead of three or four, putting them him and Matthews in the same year of uh, re-signing for this next contract. You mean um, leaving Toronto? Hmm? I said, you mean leaving Toronto? No, nah, he's not leaving Toronto. You don't yeah. have to worry about that. I don't know if you guys win a cup or not. This is, I think, you know what? <laughs> I think that Arizona is one of those teams that's going to be a bubble team this season and only going to get better. In five years or four years that's left of Matthew's contract, if we just, for some reason, can't get anything done, don't get better, just stay right where we're at, I could see him going to Arizona. If they have the cap space still. Yeah, that is true. Which I'm sure they will. The cap's only going to go up. Yeah. Plus, sure to get. I mean, not to jump ahead in the whole, no, good. In, in the whole expansion conversation, um, but the expansion's really throwing a whole lot of people off, especially when we have conversations like this, because, I mean, you just had Vegas. Vegas was, what, 2016, 2017? 
Mm. Not even. No, was that 2018? Last year was their second season. That's crazy. Right? Oh, like a long time ago. But now you have Seattle. So it's really, it's really a question of, I mean, more so for our two teams, just because we are in the most probably star-studded, talented side of the country when it comes to NHL and hockey of who's going to end up where, who's going to be protected, who's going to be unprotected, who's going to make moves before the expansion drafts. Yeah, I don't know, man. I don't even want to think about it, honestly, just because <laughs> obviously the Leafs have their core. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, I don't see us losing anybody important because we have our core, we can protect everybody in our core, yeah. and then everybody else is just filler. Yeah. We're all minimum, just minimum contracts. Mm-hmm. And obviously we have the Marleys, we have the Growlers, we have replacements for pretty much anyone in case of injury or anything that can just yeah. – move in and take its spot the only downside is really defense right now most of our defensemen aren't ready but they'll have to get ready real quick yeah yeah especially at the end of next season <laughs> when we lose most of our defensemen again again um did we really cover players we like and hate i mean i i think so i think uh I mean, there's a few others that stuck out to me. Um, nothing too out there. I mean, Nick Robertson signing with us is that three-year contract. I think he'll sit in the AHL for the season, but next year it'll definitely be a nice uh, move for us. And I think, I think keeping Hutchinson and sending Sparks away on waivers uh, was not even on waivers. He just didn't sign. Um, sending Sparks away was definitely a uh, a good move. I love Sparks. I always love Sparks. Been a fan of him for a very long time, but it didn't work out. <laughs> didn't work out. <laughs> we need a backup. That's that's my biggest concern with the Leafs. It's not defense. It's a backup. We yeah. need a backup that can play. You know, twenty five, thirty games. Yeah. Maybe. 50% of them. That's all we're asking. 50%. Be a 500 goalie. That's it. <laughs> Just do. Anderson can do the most, but when we get to the playoffs, he's tired. Yeah. And when you're putting the best of the best, it doesn't happen. Yeah, so hopefully, hopefully we can cut Anderson down to 45 games and 65 at the most and just go from there. Yeah. Um, for me, hate-wise, like I said before, and I guess I'll use that time for this, I'm not a fan of Rodriguez. I'm not a fan of Rodriguez. And I've been having this argument all summer. And, and don't get me wrong, I see where some of these people are coming from when it comes to Rodriguez, where he has had, because he's like a fourth, third line, borderline third line center, but definitely a fourth line center, um, where he hasn't had the support on the wings that he probably could have had that would have made him a better player. Like, people are throwing the analytics charts in my face, and I'm like, it, he's just not good, at least on this team. He's just not – the whole reason that Rodriguez was brought onto the Sabres was because he played with Jack Eichel in Boston College. And it was, it was, it was the chemistry, 
They wanted the chemistry there because when he first came here, he was playing with Eichel. He was playing yeah. on the same with Eichel. How do you drop from first to fourth? I yeah. I mean, I personally, I like Rodriguez. I see where you're coming from. I would not mind him being my fourth line center, just because he has shown in the past some sort of promise. Yeah, I'm not saying I'm not saying that he doesn't have his moments, and I mean he definitely does. I think maybe putting better people on his left and his right would help him eventually. But when it's when it's up to him and him alone, like he doesn't perform. No, I'd almost like to see him just go up to the third line um, or even second line on a wing and just play a few, you know, just play a few shifts there, see if it works for him. So I don't think center, obviously center in, in college and center here is completely two different things. Oh, yeah. It's hard to, hard to do. I think he'd, I think he'd be decent on a wing with somebody that can feed him the puck or he can feed them the puck or however it needs to happen to get shit done. Um, I, th- I think he'd be a decent fit there. But you're a Sabres fan. You've seen him in this role where it's not working. It might be more beneficial for him elsewhere. He yeah. might have to go somewhere else to really show it. We've yeah. seen it countless times where somebody's just not working out. They go somewhere else and become a star. It's, a it's, it's, it's coaching. It's a system. It's, it's the locker room. I mean, there's a number of different factors that go into it, but maybe Buffalo, like you just said, maybe Buffalo's not the place for him. Yeah. Maybe it's I not. Mean, I, maybe Calgary is. Maybe Arizona is. Maybe Seattle. Arizona. Maybe Seattle. Seattle. I mean, those are the people that are going to be on Seattle, are these, these players who really aren't aren't performing they're gonna go there and then perform like look at William Carlson yeah he I can basically begged for Vegas to take him they begged him and then he was a star player yeah he just destroyed everyone I could see Rodriguez Seattle I could see him being left unprotected because they went to arbitration oh yeah did that there was what like what what are you gonna hold against the Sabres in arbitration like I didn't do anything I was a fourth line center so I could definitely see Rodriguez being left unprotected when it comes to the expansion draft and him getting picked up by Seattle. Which if he if he goes to Seattle and he does well, good for him. Like I don't I don't want him to do bad. I obviously want him to do good and like this is his life, this is his career, this is what he's been doing since he could skate, since he could stand on his own pretty much. So obviously I don't want him to do bad, but if Seattle's where he has to go or he ends up in Arizona, which you, which, which you said is kind of like an undercover growing franchise again, I mean, more power to him. But, uh, yeah, Rodriguez is pretty much all I have in terms of players. That's your only dislike. That's, I mean, just because we, we added – I mean, that's my dislike out of the ads – additions but like if we're just going team wide like i mean i got i got problems with bogosian well we've already had that talk <laughs> we have i'll, I'll take bogosian for a, and, and i'll take a bag of all dressed chips in return that's good because that's about all we got so, no bogosian um i i see where everybody's at with bogosian i feel like just watching a team the leafs obviously who have just the entire time I've been a fan and struggled with defense. Yeah. And having big defensemen that can actually 
you know, just stand in the way and do their job yeah. um, is where I'm liking Bogosian. But we'll see this year. We kind of have some bigger guys that can stand there. Maybe I'll uh, maybe I'll keep my all-dress chips. Man, I really want to bag all dress chips right now. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, okay, so here's the thing. Here's my problem with, it, with this whole conversation, and I'm not really going to get into it all the way. But, like, with the people that want Ristolainen gone and are, like, foaming in the mouth to have Ristolainen gone and Bogosian is still on the team, I'm like, are you kidding me? Because Ristolainen fits the prototype defense that Bottrell's been trying to draft and add on since 2017. Bogosian's not. I mean, this defense is built to be a scoring defense. That's why we drafted Darlene. Yeah. That's why we just drafted Ryan Johnson. That, I mean, you, I, so I don't – Like, I do understand people's obsession with wanting Ristolainen gone. I do. I do, 100% do. Because, I mean, the dude's good for pretty much fighting and hitting people really hard. He really hasn't performed the way that we wanted him to perform. But, I mean, come on. It's, it's Bogosian. So, I mean, yeah, if we're talking team-wide, like, Bogosian's my other hate. I really don't have any love – um, specifically for specific players on this team. I mean, last year was an up-and-down battle with winning 10 straight and then pretty much losing the rest of the season. Like, I don't know what acid trip the Sabres team was on last season, but let's hope that they are sober and clean for this season because this is pretty – this is it. Like, I don't want to say it, but this is pretty much it when it comes to Bottrell and whether or not he stays in that job. See, that's where I'm going to disagree because this is only the beginning, baby. You just you just got your first overall pick. You have one, one season where you saw promise, but then it got all shut down. This wrong. season, you're going to be a bubble team. They're either going to be in the playoffs or just outside of the playoffs. Don't get me wrong. I'm every year, they're going to just work for it. I'm agreeing with you wholeheartedly. I don't want them to get rid of Botterill. I love what he's been doing with this team, which we'll get into when we talk about the process um, later on. I love what he's been doing to the team. Just knowing the Pagulas and the way that they've been running things with the Sabres versus the Bills, I don't really expect Botterill to be there if we have a losing year again this year. I just don't. Which would, it would just be unfortunate because then you're starting all over again. Yeah. You get yeah. another GM in there, and it's just it's it's done. Which then, then Kruger's going to be gone by the next year because that's not the coach that that GM wants, and it's it's, exactly. it's going to whatever. So you stick it out. Specifically with Toronto, you want to talk about your feelings on the Marner deal specifically, or do you think you cover that enough? Do you want to go with your your cap hell as I call it? And, I mean, here's how I look at it. Are we in trouble with our cap right now? No. Are we going to be? Potentially. We don't know. That's the thing. We don't know where the cap's going to be in the next few years. We have our core locked down for four to five years. We don't have to worry about anybody. Everybody else, like I said, we've got players in the AHL that are ready to come up. Anytime we need them, plop them in. Um, We've got, obviously – people in the ECHL that can fill those positions. Mm-hmm. We've, got, we've got enough in the pipeline to make things work. But I see where people are coming from. A lot of people hate the, the Marner contract. 
it's a lot of money. I didn't see him signing for that much. Uh, well, I did, but I was I was more in the I was more in the wanting him to sign at the nine point five AV range. All right, ten point whatever it is, eight six three or nonsense like or eight nine three whatever it was is okay. It just happened to be what was to be LTR at that point, almost exactly to where we're exactly at zero, but. Only issue we're going to have this year is whenever Travis Dermott comes back, get rid of somebody to keep him. But I feel like that's why we have Harper, which hopefully he's not on the team beginning of the season. We can get rid of CeCe. We have Tyson Berry. Any of these players can go, and it's yeah. not going to hurt us. Berry, Muzzin, they're both one-year deals at this point. At the end of the season, we'll pick one of them. Yeah. Um, we lose quite a few deals next season. I'm trying to think of who else is a UFA. The Muzzin, Barry, and I think that's it as far as big name players. Everybody else is kind of in the mix there. So I don't think I worry about it until Anderson's contract's up. In which case, I don't see him staying with the team. I don't see us having the money for it. Just like have full and Scott chilling, just doing what they do. Hopefully, they work out. And if not, that's uh, that's our window. We got a four-year window here to lock something down. Right. But as far as the contract itself, I don't have any issues with it. Like I said, I'm glad it was six years. Anything less would have been. Bad. Don't necessarily wish for more. I understand why I didn't sign for more, but it is what it is. Right. I'm just glad we can go back to loving Marner and not cursing him out every time we see him on the streets, which is probably the funniest thing I've seen. Did you see that interview? No. He's he's talking about how upsetting it was to walk his dog and have 13 year olds yelling at him for not signing. <laughs> And I just, I can just imagine Marner walking what I assume is a very small dog and 13 year olds riding their bikes around and bullying him into signing a contract. He's essentially, he, he bypassed his dad and he bypassed his agent to get the deal done. Yeah. And said, he just was like, which, I, I want to be there. Which got him. Cause we had the discussion when we were doing the run throughs. Yeah. Run throughs. Um, but last week, two weeks ago where we looked up who his agent was and then we saw the other players that his agent represents and we're like, yep, we get it now. Like, like, Bogosian. yeah, Darren Ferris. It's, he does it every time he tries this hard. He tries to play hardball and there's nothing yeah. to play ball with, but he's really bad at it. It's you just after, like the second time of your process not working, you'd switch to something different. Yeah. I mean, we'll see what he does for Taylor Hall at the end of the season. He's his. I mean, he got him $6 million last time, but that was 2013. So, what are you going to do? And Bogosian. Yeah, Bogosian can be gone again for all I, for all I he care. Got, he got him his good old five mil contract. No way. He's gonna gonna year. That's just me. Anyways, <laughs> um, so – 
Draft wise for Buffalo. Draft wise for Buffalo. When I mean, you know me. When it comes to building teams, whether it's NFL or NHL or really any professional sport, um, I think that you kind of think along the same the same lines. Like, why not? Why not keep all avenues open? Why not do free? What was that? As far as what? Keep all avenues open. Like, okay, so so when Bottrell got hired. He said that he was gonna he was gonna build through the draft. Okay. So that's where I mean, since he came to the team in 2017, he's drafted 18 players. Since 2017, so he's had three drafts. He's drafted 18 players. That's a good chunk of uh, of players. He didn't really get a old, he didn't really get rid of a lot of the old players and basically say you know this isn't my guy, so I'm gonna get rid of them. Um, if they were good, he kept them. But he's not really – I mean, obviously there were the, the free agent moves, but there probably weren't as many as there could have been initially. Um, really is a stickler for trading. I mean, he'll trade for guys using draft picks like we've seen with, like, the VZ trade and the Miller trade. But he's not – he's really not willing to, like – the trigger I think I think maybe partly because of the whole O'Reilly trade I think he's a little gun shy now because O'Reilly went on and won MVP of the league and a Stanley Cup the next season so maybe that's why but um you know not related to football but what the Buffalo Bills did this offseason in terms of trades and free agency and being really aggressive in the draft and Buffalo just didn't do that. The Sabres didn't do that. They drafted, and they really didn't make as many offseason moves as they probably could have. And I think that's where my problem kind of lies with that. But I wanted to point a couple of things out um, specifically. Uh, and the first thing is that when it comes to since – since 2017, when Botterill started drafting, uh, each of his first-round picks has immediately started in the NHL. So Middlestat was his first pick at, uh, in 2017 at eight overall. Uh, he started. Um, last year, first overall pick in the draft, Darlene, he started. Um, and this year, 2019, seventh overall pick, Dylan Cousins. Uh, out of the 15 players that were sent down to Rochester and to the Swedish Elite League, Cousins wasn't one of them, even with an, even playing and rehabbing uh, an injured hand. Um, now, 2019, though, was the first time that he's had two first-round picks. You have to remember we did draft Ryan Johnson um, to match up in our offensive defenseman, I guess if that's what you want to call it. Yeah. Um, Johnson's playing at University of Minnesota for this upcoming season. So he's definitely already not playing in the NHL. Um, the question really is, will Cousins be playing in the NHL? And I think that it's pretty, based off of what we've seen with Darlene and Middlestad, it's, it's pretty good to venture that that's a yes. Cousins isn't really, I mean, he hasn't indicated anything about 
other leagues. He hasn't indicated anything else about, I mean, he signed a contract, so I don't see Cousins not playing in the NHL. I just, I just, I don't know how much you've paid attention to Cousins or if you've done anything at all, but if you wanted to give like a quick outside perspective on whether you think Cousins will play in the NHL or not for this season. I put Cousins and Middlestat almost in the same category as far as why they're going to play in the NHL. Right off the bat. Yeah. I mean, I think we've had this conversation. Middlestat is in every other game type of player. Some games he looks ridiculously good. In other games, he's just there. Um, But it would be a waste of time and for both the team and himself, especially on contract, to have him sitting in the AHL. Yeah. Just would. And I think Cousins is on that same boat, which is why they signed him right away to the, obviously the entry level contract. He's a first round player, top 10 in the, in the, draft it's gonna happen you're gonna have to sign him um do i think he should probably play a few games in the ahl kind of get his hand back to going yeah i don't think that's gonna weigh i don't think that's gonna be the way it happens yeah um but the way i look at it is i mean i like how he's drafting i think i think that's part of what the Sabres used to do wrong is they drafted for any style of play that was thrown at them. Yep. Like, oh, oh, okay, so we need a defensive defenseman, but we also need this. He wasn't they, – nobody was directly drafting for their style of play. Nobody had a game plan when it came to drafting. Yes. Where Adderall, he's, um, he's got this plan. He, he has an idea of where he wants the team to be. Yeah. And he knows what he thinks he needs to do to get there which is why you're not seeing a lot of trades. You're not seeing a lot of pickups because he, he wants to make sure he's making the right choices. O'Reilly probably would have not gone anywhere had he not made the comments he did about yep. not just not wanting to really be part of the process. Yep. It was fine. It worked out for him. Great. Congratulations. For me, I loved seeing St. Louis win that because, I mean, Bozak was the same type of thing. It was a player that kind of just got tossed off to the side. He got to win a cup. Yep. Year out of it's great. But having – and it's something Leafs have done, and it's part of why we're successful. We went through 10 years of drafting players that were – it was just building up to this. Like, before Marner and Elander and Matthews all kind of started all at once – they had played a few NHL games, but nothing really too drastic. It's kind right. of just when they were needed. Um, I think the Sabres are kind of trying to do that, but don't have the players to fill those roles. Exactly. Well, we didn't really have depth either then. Those were our depth players. Right. Um, we had, you know, just – these old NHL stars that some, for some reason we were able to sign for cheap and they just played. We were bottom of the barrel. Obviously we got Austin Matthews first overall pick because we were bottom of the barrel and it just worked out. So what Toronto does, and I think what Botterill's trying to do is draft these players, even the depth players in that same role. That way something happens or somebody's not working out, they have somebody to put in that role that they're developing in other leagues, whether it be AHL, ECHL, Swedish League, whatever, wherever. Yeah. But where the Sabres 
I feel like they aren't quite there yet is the Americans. Rochester, they're getting to the point where they're playing a similar style of hockey as the Sabres. Yeah. But it was never really that way. It was like if you didn't work out, you just went and you just play whatever style of hockey you want to play. Yeah. When the teams underneath, both farm teams, ECHL and AHL, need to play similar style of hockey as the, as the top team. So otherwise, you're going to get thrown in the league and you're going to fail. Yeah. You're not used to playing it. Um, I feel like he's doing a decent job with that. Uh, I guess we'll see. Hopefully he sticks around. Hopefully he doesn't get canned if they have a bad season. Um, need to stick it out because otherwise it's going to be starting back from square one. Yeah. Well, so really quick before we get into that, because you just kind of you just kind of dipped your toes into the process. Um, I wanted there was there was one guy from each of these draft classes that I wanted to talk about really quick. Um, First one from 2017 is Ukapeka Um fantastic future franchise goaltender. I don't think that that's I don't think that that's a disputable comment or claim. Um, he did have I think it was hip surgery um, before the beginning of this season, um, which is why uh, we went ahead and we drafted a couple of goalies in the draft. Um, and, you know, we're kind of looking for that go-between between between the Sabres and the Americans. But I think, I think Lukanen is hands down going to be in the NHL within the next, maybe being too extreme, but probably two to three years. I don't really think. Yeah, I agree. 2018. What, do you remember what round or what position he was picked? Lukanen, 2017, second round, 54th. So fifty fourth overall. Yeah. Which only is reason I ask. Only reason I ask is because I agree with you at this point. From what he's what he's done, he looks like he's going to be a franchise goaltender. It looks like yeah. he's going to be the next big thing. Yeah. Um, for Sabers, obviously. But goalies are such a weird breed when it comes to that. It seems like if they're not first overall. Yeah. Which is rare, but it happens. It seems like they just. Don't pan out. Anywhere from anywhere from tenth pick to two hundred and tenth pick is a crapshoot. I mean, Lundqvist, I believe he was what two hundredth pick. Brodeur was and picked down there. Huh? I said Brodeur wasn't a first round pick, was he? I don't even. I don't even remember to be honest with you. But well, he was picked up. I mean, he was uh, drafted as being a backup for the his entire career Lundquist same way and it's just not how it happens so it's kind of like you see these people are phenomenal and then they just make it to the league and they just drop off which I'm scared I'm scared that that's going to be what Ian Scott is yeah dude not letting in goals anywhere in any other league it's just breaking records left and right mm-hmm. and then he played you know I think he uh, what was it the the world's last year for um, they had DPH on him, and he let a few in. I mean, he was backing up DPH for some ungodly reason. He should have been the starter, but that's a different story. And I'm just – it's it's such a crapshoot that you have no idea. I hope it works out for him. I like the kid's name, so that's all that I can say about him, really. Yeah. Um, 2018, second round, 32nd pick, Matias Samuelson. Um, 
U.S. player, defense. I mean, he's committed to West, Western Michigan, um, so he's not playing. But uh, he played in some international tournaments over the summer, and he's, he's, a, tall, he's a tall kid, and he was laying people out. Um, okay. I guess the only question really is, because um, I haven't seen a lot, um, it's, it's kind of hard when these guys aren't playing in specific leagues when they're playing at school to find tape on them. Um, but whether or not the question is whether or not Samuelson can also skate uh, and be talented enough to get the puck to the net, which is like we said before, what Buffalo is looking for. Um, so that's just a guy where he's kind of iffy right now, but out of, out of the 2018 draft class, probably one of the other ones to look at besides like uh, Picard, who was drafted in the fourth round. Um, but the, the other one, 2019, um, I was trying, I was having a hard time deciding between another goaltender, which would have been Eric Portillo, who's actually pretty good. Yeah. Um, and pretty good is probably an understatement because I saw him, um, play this summer, um, early on or like midsummer. Uh, but the fourth round pick 102nd overall, uh, right winger, uh, Aaron Huglin, uh, American, which was weird that, that there were a lot of Americans that got taken in this draft pretty early on and pretty consistently throughout the draft. But I think for a, a Sabres team that hurts on the wings, Hewlin's a really good pickup. The problem is you're not going to see him for at least another two years because he's playing in the uh, USHL on Fargo Force for this season. And then he's playing uh, University of Minnesota for the next season. So it'll be interesting to see because you'll have Johnson and Huglin playing at the same university on the same team. Um, so I know specifically the Sabres are, are put together a pretty, pretty decent um, training, training team to go down to, or not down, but over to Minnesota and kind of help out with specifically these guys just because I think they, they might have a couple more players besides Johnson and Huglin on Minnesota. Um, but it, it's, it's going to be interesting to see. I think that he can make an impact if he makes it into the league. He's a fourth-round, 102nd overall winger. So yeah. it's pretty much it's, – it's either he's going to hit or he's not going to hit. I yeah. think he has the potential to make it. I think that he was drafted too low. He was maybe a, a third – possibly maybe even a second round, but Buffalo didn't have a second round pick. So, I mean, I think he fell and it's just a guy that's going to surprise a lot of people going forward. I think um, them playing together, that's definitely going to help out. I, I feel like that's what they were trying to do with the whole Eichel Rodriguez thing that we were talking about. Yeah. You know, they, they wanted that chemistry, but these kids not forcing it like they're trying to do with that. Um, they're going to be kind of developing together, which is going to be kind of cool. And they're going to, you know, most likely, you know, they're going to try to be roommates. They're going to be, they know they're going to end up on the same team. Try to be roommates, work their way through, obviously finish college, do AHL probably to get a little bit more into it, and then hopefully end up in the NHL together. Um, hopefully it works out that way. It's not always the case, obviously, as we know, um, but it, it happens. Um, I don't honestly, as far as drafting goes, this last few seasons, I feel like um, I wish I had a giant list like you just had, but 
the only two that really come to mind would be our, our second round pick this, this year because we didn't have a first and our first round pick last year, Sandine and Robertson, which we just signed Robertson to his entry level. Um, he looked, looks good. Peter Burr Pete's right now. Um, looks real good. He's going to spend probably the year there and then probably the HL and then come up, but uh, in his last, hopefully not, but in his, hopefully he, he makes it up quicker, but I don't think we got the spot for him. I don't think we do. Um, Sandine, I don't know how much you watched the, the Leafs preseason or, or even that game against Buffalo. Sandine oh, looks I watched, I watched both of the games against Buffalo, the one where you guys beat us and the one where we beat you. Uh-huh. Ones of the Toronto season. I mean, Sandine did did stand out to me, and that's he's he's the type of player that we've been waiting for. He's the type of player that we hoped Princeton was going to be. Right, the, the, the kid who's just in the right place at the right. right time at all times. Yep, that was fantastic. I know it's going to just completely make us all real mad when he messes up once because that's how these fans are. Um, which brings me to the risk line, I think, which I think it can do, but I think if you're going to skip a couple of characters, I think they're both fine. But, you know, you got to pick on somebody. I would love to have Risto. I mean, we're obviously not trading Risto Linen to you. I don't think we're trading Risto Linen. No. Uh, we can't afford Risto Linen. No, you we can't. can't. We don't have the space for no, I, don't th- I, I mean, I, I don't personally think you would ever want to play for the Leafs. No, I, I, I mean, I'm not going to get into it, but I, I don't think that we're trading Ristolainen at all. I don't, I don't think that that's – We'll been, see. There's been so many trade rumors, and, I mean, it's just – it's whatever. Anyways, um, really quick, just because, like, you you kind of did more than dip your toe. You pretty much jumped head first <laughs> process type thing. Um, just to go specifically into what you were talking about um, – Buffalo has been building has been building that depth because, like you said, like we don't have it, um, and that was something that you said that Toronto didn't have for a lot of years. Like the guys that you have now were your depth. Yeah. So basically, using Toronto as as an example, which pains me to say that, but using Toronto as an example, like you, like the guys that you have now were your depth. And they made way for other guys who are now your depth, who are hopefully going to be your future. I mean, that's the whole purpose of a of a farm program. ECHL wise, we really don't have anybody. Um, I was really hoping that Glotov, uh, Vasily Glotov, would pan out. He played like two or three games with Rochester last. I mean, he's a young guy, so it's not like his career's over. But he played he played two or three games with Rochester last season, and made zero impact. But if you watch his game tape and his highlights from when he's playing in Cincinnati, the kid's an all-star. Like, if he could find a way to translate that to an a, to an AHL level and then hopefully eventually to an NHL level, because Glotov, it's not like this was just some random kid that we found. Glotov was – I'm trying to look for where it is. Uh, I don't think it's on here because he was drafted. Yeah, Glotov was drafted before – yeah, he was drafted before Bottrell became GM. So probably 2016. Like, he is a Sabres draft pick. He's not some guy that just, like, came onto the team out of nowhere. Like, he's a yeah. guy that obviously saw potential in. So, 
I mean, hopefully he ends up in the AHL. I don't think he's going to end up in the NHL. He might be a depth guy that you bring up if you absolutely have to. I don't think he's going to end up in the NHL. Um, but, I mean, Glotom's really all we have ECHL-wise. And then AHL-wise, we have a lot of old heads in there that guys just that just need to get out of the way for – because like you said, it, it, it really is – Rochester really is still, I think, like 50% guys that are just – playing hockey to play hockey. Yeah. Like, what is Nathan Pache still doing playing hockey? What? Why? And then why do you want to re-sign him to a contract? Like, why? When you have all these other guys that you can go out and get, why do you sign Nathan Pache to another contract? Now, Zach Redmond is old, but he is still good. And he was probably, like, one of the best defensemen in Rochester last season, and I'm happy that he's still on the team. But, like, why Nathan Page? Leadership. That's true, and I have nothing against that, but that's it. That's all it is. And that's the thing is the AHL teams, they're going to have to have some sort of guidance. Otherwise, it's not going to go anywhere. You're going to have to have these old guys that have gone through the NHL careers and just – are at the end of their career, unfortunately, and need to be there just to finish it up and get people going. Um, I mean, right now our director of development is Steven Robitas. Like Robitas is terrible. He was just terrible at the end of his career. He was one of those players that, you know, we buried on what we call Robita Island because it's just contracts that we didn't want. So they're not, you know, we just, made sure that you know you don't really want to play anymore right and we promoted him to this spot but it's important because he's he's been in a position where he understands the league he understands he understands what players need to do to be better than what he did they under he understands where his development went wrong and the thing that the Leafs did throughout this whole long thing of being terrible was Kyle Dubas was the start of it he was down in the OHL or one of the, you know, minor leagues, but still had a relationship with the general managers of Toronto. Right. And just went through. And then Lou Lamorello was our GM. He brought him up and made him assistant general manager at some point and just let him run the HL team. Let him kind of sign with the HL team from there. He was coming in there while learning the NHL. So, it, it, and yeah, eventually, obviously, he's what took over for Lou when he left and got to kind of fix things. But that's, that's where it came from, is that they wanted to make sure each level was in contact with each other and was able to make sure that it was running the exact same way. To make yeah. sure that, you know, God forbid somebody gets hurt or, you know, something happens, you're not just throwing a random guy in there or trying to find a free agency or a PTO that's going to work. Right. And I th- and like we talked about, I think a lot of teams, not just Buffalo, a lot of teams are looking at that process and not copying it, but kind of making it their own. Yeah. Doing it that yeah. way because they see that it worked out. Um, obviously, you're going to have Pittsburgh. You're going to have Chicago. They're really the two that did it right first. Yeah. Most of their players were drafted in. Most of them are, you know, been 
Penguins or Blackhawks for life. And then they just kind of filled, filled spots they needed to with older players or whoever. Um, so I think it's a, I think they're in the moving in the right direction. Like I said, I think this year Buffalo is either going to make the playoffs or be a bubble team. I think bubble team is just because they're in the toughest division in the league. Yeah. If they were, you know, anywhere else, I feel like they'd be a, a I feel like they'd be a playoff team. Yeah. But the way the the way geography works, work, it's not it's not it's not guaranteed. No. All right. So really quick, uh, let's run through the RFA situation just because that's been such a huge, huge issue in the league so far um, this offseason and really going into preseason because and this is what I was talking to you about before uh, we started recording um, even though you got some pretty big names signed in Marner and Point uh, within the last week or so week and a half um, it did not do anything to unplug the uh, the RFA pipeline freeze. There are still RFAs out there that have not been signed, and it's really it's holding up UFA signings. So I think I think really what we need to talk about is how is this how is this not only screwing over players that are still UFAs that are waiting to be signed, but how is this screwing over teams that are waiting to sign UFA specific UFAs and can't because they don't know what the RFA situation is going to end up like. I mean, the, the preseason is pretty much over. We're there. The season's, the season's about to start. So somebody needs to figure this out really quick. So, I mean, for me, Marner and Point, two of the biggest names in the offseason – uh, obviously, for their respective teams, Toronto um, and Tampa Bay, again, being in the toughest division in the NHL, but also being teams that are chock full of talent and not in both of those signings, which were in within days of one another, did absolutely nothing to unplug the RFA pipeline freeze. So, I mean, really quick, just sum up what you... What you um, so... I don't, I don't see it as an issue. Um, this year, I was actually just kind of listening to the radio about this. Um, we just had a lot of big names in it. RFA's waiting until first week, second week of the season is a regular thing. It happens every year. Um, I think this year, because it was Marner, it was Point, it was Line A, uh, Connors. There's so many that were big names that it just – made it seem like it was such a hassle. Um, the only one that I am, you know, obviously Marner signed, Point signed, uh, signed. Um, they're starting, I think the Point and Kachuk bridge deals are really going to start kind of bringing more in. Um, now that a bridge deal is okay to sign, it's, it's good. And they kind of are in that lower range as far as price goes too. So, I think uh, slow down 
process. He got pretty close to what he wanted out of it. Right. And right. Um, I think the the two big ones that are going to be an issue um, is obviously Line A. Yeah. Line A is they don't they're they're kind of in this position, the Winnipeg Jets, where they like you said, with UFAs and stuff, they're really just kind of screwed. Yeah. They don't have really a lot of cap space, but they have to keep cap space for line A. Um, Bufflin, not knowing what he's doing, um, just obviously free up that space. But once again, if they if he decides he does want to play, they want to keep that space open for him. Um, so he's the big one. Obviously, same team is uh, Connor, and that's uh, a lower lower price for sure. But he's an important part of the team, especially this team that just lost a ton of players. It's really on the cusp of being nothing again. The last few years, they've been a team to kind of reckon with. They've always been kind of in that bubble, and they were ready to go, and now they're just gone um i think line a gets traded i think that you're going to see a sign and trade real soon hopefully you think that the trade rumors of ristolainen no i don't think that's i don't think that's the case um i don't think as a, i mean as a sabers fan i would be fan i mean if i was a sabers fan i'd be not like i'd be stoked on that you know, anytime you can. I mean, that still then brings up the cap question thing. Cause I mean, we just signed Skinner for eight years. I don't even know how many years Eichel has left on his contract before we have to redo him. Reinhardt, Reinhardt's going into a contract season, right? I think. So. I believe so. I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't know if. Theoretically, hypothetically, whatever you want to call it, whatever ethically you want to choose for this, uh, I don't. Yeah, I don't think financially, line A long term would be something that Buffalo would be interested in. And again, I don't think that we're trading with line anyways. So, yeah, really quick to close it out, um, Oilers and McDavid. I don't know. He seemed pretty excited. Um, he, he played his first preseason game um, off of injury. He was cleared. So he seemed excited to be back there. I don't think he's going to give up on it. No. I just don't. Um, if it, did, it, it really sucked for him because the Oilers organization was basically like, we're going to give you all the tools that you need and you're going to be in the playoffs and blah, blah, blah. And he's like, cool. And he signed this massive contract. And then they turn around and rob him of everybody except for Drazadl. Yeah. I mean, Drazadl is going to be a big thing. Um, McDavid there. I think McDavid is under the, is on the same page as the GM. Honestly, I feel like they understand that, you know, this is a new GM that they're going to have to do this kind of rebuild around him, which I think he's fine with. He turned down a lot more money than what he was offered. 
so that they have the money to sign more people. I think the rumors were he was offered 14, something like that, and he took, what, 12? Um, so he, he was offered a max contract and took less. So I don't think he's going to give up on it this easily. I think he gives it a few more years, um, unless the general manager really just says, hey, listen, I think it's in the best interest of both of us. You go somewhere else. Right. But what team out there that's going to be in a better position than Edmonton can afford them, can afford that? There's not many. The only team, honestly, that I feel like is in a good position that could probably still afford them is Arizona. Yeah, I I knew you were going to say that. Well, they are a team that for the last few years has had had a problem even hitting the cap floor. They have space. Yeah. But they've also got a lot of RFAs coming up. Yeah. Um, this pet, I mean, this season coming up, hopefully, I mean, I'm sure they'll figure it out before the season. Phil Kessel being there is definitely going to be a attractive thing for a lot of players. Bring up Phil Kessel. What? And how did I know that you were going to bring up Kessel? Because he's Arizona. He's the new Shane Doan, baby. He's the, he's the face of Arizona right now. But just think about Clayton Keller and how good he's going to look on a team with Phil Kessel. Just think of the hot dog stands. <laughs> I, you know I love my boy Phil. I, know. I miss him every single day. I'm going to buy a Phil Kessel Arizona jersey. Just I'm going to buy a McDavid Arizona jersey now that I said that. I was, just, I was just about to ask if you had gotten the Kessel jersey yet. No, I'm going to. As soon as you know, Chelsea lets me. <laughs> but, <laughs> but I think I think for real though, I think McDavid stays put unless it's a mutual decision. Well, it's going to have to be a mutual decision between him and the GM. Um, there's not many teams out there that are going to be able to take it on. It's just not a realistic thing. Yeah. Um, unless he wants to go somewhere else and start fresh again probably take a cut it's not i mean you can't really even take a cut because he's getting paid too much he's already on contract and it's he's injury prone he's been injured almost every season since he's been in the league i I think this is his only shot i mean you know he's he was coming into the league he was supposed to be the best player we've ever seen and he is. He's. Oh, he I think carried, he's. He carried that Oilers team last. Oh yeah. No, he's a. He's the the best player, hands down. I think hands down. Period. But he's. Is he really showing it? No. Here. No. no. But it's 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 also like we just said. He got robbed of pretty much any talent. Oh, of course. Except for Leon course. in in the in this last season. He he was robbed of any of any. Alan, I mean, you 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 could see during games he was literally carrying that team on his shoulder. Yeah. Oh yeah, I mean he he went from looking like an eighteen year old to a forty six year old real quick. Yeah, he's uh, he's stressed out. He's tired. He's he's carrying the whole team. But yeah. hopefully, hopefully, um, they can figure it out. Hopefully, this new general manager kind of uh, gets the act together and figures it out for him. 
But otherwise, I don't think we see McDavid go anywhere for a few years at least. When the cap goes up, we'll see. Maybe Seattle might be their big, big face. It might be their um, We'll see. You know, I mean, that'd be a tough spot to put them in, but they can work a whole team around him. Um, we'll see. I don't know. That'd be crazy. Right? I just now that I thought about that, I don't even I don't even want to think about it. Just knowing like how good Vegas was their first year. Oh, yeah, happened. If you if you go if you go and have back to back expansion teams get crazy talent. Well, I mean, first off, Vegas Vegas did that because um they had a wicked good front office for the expansion draft and for that first season. Had an insanely good front office. It's just yeah. you're not Seattle's gonna have that. I mean, Seattle's already all in on analytics. Like they have a full analytics department already working. Like they could be good at this. They could be really bad at this. Mm-hmm. But we also know that this league really doesn't. I mean, bad teams are bad teams. Yeah. I mean, here's my take on it. I I think if they were going to do two expansions like this, they should have done it the same year. I think one year in an expansion draft like that, it's very heavily weighted in the favor of the expansion team. Of the team. I mean, there's no way that Vegas should have been able to. They had months before they even knew who was going to be on there to talk to everybody and get players out to know exactly who they're taking. They had months to plan this team. Yeah, if there's yeah. two teams doing it, you don't have that liberty. Yeah. You can you can try to talk to general managers, but there's a good chance that the players you're going after, the other team's also going after. And it's just they should have done it that way. I know why they didn't. It obviously brought a lot of fans to the game with Vegas. Um, it was interesting. It was a cool story to see Vegas make the playoffs their first year. Yeah, it was cool, but. Hopefully they learn their lesson. Hopefully Seattle, I'm sure it's going to be the same exact way, but I, I'd like to, like to hope not. I can't wait my entire life to see a decent playoffs. I still haven't seen a decent playoff series and that's it. So I don't know. I don't like that the, these brand new fans get to see their teams in the playoffs, but that's just the bitter Leafs fan. I mean, I we're both permanently scarred from our teams and playoffs. Yeah, permanently scarred. But it's it, it's it's interesting that we ended on Seattle just because we're at the end of the first episode. Um, but that's it, a really awesome segue because um, heading into next week in episode two, we're talking expansion. I mean, we are talking full-fledged, 100% expansion. So we're going to talk about Seattle first and foremost. Um, we're both going to kind of develop our own – are we developing full rosters? That'd be tough. I feel like uh, maybe just the core. Yeah. I'd say, you know, kind of guessing. Obviously, it's a ways out. One player from each team. Deal. Yeah, let's do that. Like the first players they're going to take from each team. Uh, and then we're going to talk about our potential draft. But what was that? I see. That's the whole draft. 
<laughs> one player from each team. But that's cool. No, that's easy enough to do. We can do that. Yeah. But um, and then we're gonna talk potential expansions, uh, realistic and also wish lists. Sounds so, good. So I know that you have a couple of teams on NHL that you, some expansion teams you've created. So we yep. bring that up in the conversation. But yeah, no, um, a team of thirty Phil Kessels. All in Arizona. No, they're all Leafs. They're all Leafs. Oh, my God. I can't. But anyways, um, this has been uh, – probably took a little bit longer than we wanted it to take. But um, if you listened all the way through, thank you for listening all the way through. Um, leave comments. Uh, you can find myself and Cody on social media. Uh, we'll be advertising on there mostly. Um well, we have a lot of things in store. We already have the next couple of episodes planned out. Um, we already have pretty much the direction that we want to go planned out. And the season's about to start. So we're going to have a lot to talk about um, once the season starts. So All right. I'm excited. I'm excited too. Anyway, thanks for listening, everybody. We'll see you next week.